Have you had someone really cared for you? Who are they and what did they do for you? Chat with the person next to you or behind you. And if you're watching online, type it in the chat. feel about them. Think about two feeling words you have for them. You don't need to share it with anyone. Just think of two feeling words you have for those people who really cared for you. If this person calls you and says that they have a gift for you, will you be likely to be excited to receive this gift? All right, now I'd like you to pin that, the person, the feeling, and them having a gift for you. Pin that thought. We're going to come back to that. I'm going to pray as we start. Lord, I just pray that you will speak to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into this space now, into our hearts, into, uh, into this atmosphere, into this room, wherever we are. I ask that you speak to us. God, may our hearts be soft. May our ears be open. May our eyes be open. May our hands be receiving from you, Lord. Speak to us. Amen. Dorothy started this series, Sent, by undergirding everything with love. And I love that. It's all about love. God created the world and God created us because he loved us. Because, well, he loved and he created us to share that love with us in relationship with him so that he can share his goodness with us. But humans, us, we choose to ignore God. We choose to do things our way. We choose to define our own, define good, goodness and good in our own way, on our own terms. And that's called sin. And sin separated us from God. And um, but God loved us so much. He wasn't willing to stay separated from us, that he himself came and took on the punishment of our sin so that we can once again turn back to him and have a relationship with him where he shares his love and goodness with us. It all starts with love. God first loved us. And then he sends us out to love others, to share this incredible news of reconciliation and goodness with them so that they too can come back into a relationship with him and all the goodness along with it. And Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. Last week, Christy spoke about prayer and the role of prayer in evangelism. Evangelism is just a fancy word for sharing our faith with others. Prayer is amazing. I love prayer. But sometimes we treat prayer like a bit of a last resort. 
someone tells you a problem and you're like, oh, have you tried this or this or this? Oh, man. Oh, well, we can pray. It's like when you've done everything you can do, there is nothing else to do. Well, we'll pray and hope for the best. No. When we pray, God moves. So prayer should not be a last resort. It should be our first resource. So let me ask you, who's more powerful, you or God? Well, God is more powerful. So we should come to God and ask God to move first. And then we go and do everything we need to do. So yes, we need a lot of that in evangelism. That's faith. We pray and we trust God to move. And that's faith. However, the apostle James says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. Duh, what good does that do? So you see, faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Jesus fed the hungry. He comforted the mourning. He healed the sick. He befriended the lonely. He touched the untouchables, literally. But I know it can be really daunting when we think about that, you know, the needs of the world around us. We can say we're not Jesus. There's so much need. What can I do that can even make a dent, right? And you're right. <laughs> Nothing much you can do that can make a dent. However, Rabbi Tarfon, a wonderful Jewish teacher who lived during the first and second century, he once commented on Micah 6.8. Micah 6.8 is a Bible verse that many of us love from the Old Testament. He said, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. So Jesus calls us to go and make disciples, teaching them, uh, baptizing them, and then teaching them to obey him. The first step in making disciples is thinking about the people in our spheres of life, our family, our classmates, our colleagues, people who go to the gym with us or in the same gym as us, our neighbors, our online gaming friends. If you are an influencer, even your followers, those who are not disciples yet, those who are not disciples of Jesus yet within your spheres of life. And we need to think about who these people are and then help them come to see Jesus. Help them see how wonderful Jesus is so that they too will want to come and follow Jesus. But the trouble with people is this. People have problems. <laughs> we all do. The first thing we can do then to help people to see how wonderful Jesus is, is to help them see that Jesus cares about their problems. But they can't see Jesus. But they can see us. So when we care for people and their needs, we are helping them see Jesus caring for them. Our hands are Jesus' hands. Our feet are Jesus' feet. 
because Jesus lives in us by the Holy Spirit and we live in him. And he says, when we go out and make disciples, he will be with us to the very end of age. So go, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, befriend the lonely, comfort the grieving, encourage the weak. Jesus said, when we love well like this, the world will know that we are his disciples. However, one of the greatest hindrances in caring for one another is our fixation with our own belly buttons. Constantly looking down, thinking about ourselves and our needs and how other people are not meeting our needs. I love that Dorothy started the series by looking to Jesus. He loves us. Let him love us first. We cannot expect others to fill in our hearts what only Jesus can. Come to Jesus, let him heal you, let him love you. And then he sends us out to love others. We need to be Jesus-centered, yes, and then others-focused. It's not that we are not willing to care though, sometimes I find. It is that we need to be willing to look up long enough to see the needs of others, to see them, to feel their pain, and then care for them, and to be with them in their pain, to sit with them in their pain. If we follow Jesus, we need to follow his example in this. And this is exactly what he did. And the care that we provide others could be to meet practical needs. It could be making a cup of tea or coffee for a colleague who is snowed under. Please always offer me a cup of tea. I love them. Mm. And chocolate with hazelnuts. I love that too, don't forget. It could be making an extra lunch to share with someone at school if you've noticed that they always don't have lunch. It could be helping a uni mate when they're struggling with an assignment. It could be helping someone with their resume and guiding them as they try to find a job. It could be providing a meal for a family who is struggling because of sicknesses or a new baby. Um, perhaps for someone living on their own, when they have a cold, bring over some soup. You don't even have to make the soup. You could just buy the soup and bring them some fruit, you know, for the vitamins or bring them a bunch of flowers. Unless they're a guy and they don't like bunches of flowers, but maybe some guys like bunches of flowers. I don't know. But helping them see that you care. It could be donating clothing or household items to someone who needs them. It could be helping a neighbor or a friend mow their lawn when you know that life is just super challenging for them. It could be giving up a Saturday morning or afternoon to help someone move house. It could be helping someone who is struggling with using technology. We can also care for someone emotionally. Let me ask you, have you ever had someone who truly listens to you? When you talk to them, they lean in and they give you eye contact and you feel like they really are there. And then, have you ever talked to someone whose eyes are constantly not on you looking over your shoulders and you know that they really don't want to talk to you and they really are thinking about something else. How do you feel about these two lots of people, the ones who listen to you and the ones who don't? When Jesus walked the earth, how did he listen? Did he give eye contact? Did he lean in? 
Did he listen to them as if they were the only ones around? Oh, yes. Jesus was busy. He was on his way to do a very important job. A little girl was dying, very, very sick. Not just any little girl, the daughter of a synagogue leader, very important man. Time critical, Jesus was busy, on mission. As he was walking, quick, I imagine, and dust flying everywhere and, you know, in the crowd there was a woman who had been an outcast for 12 years because of a condition she had had. Out of her desperation, you know, this woman wasn't allowed to go near people, let alone touch them. But she came, she pressed into the crowd, she pushed through the crowd, she saw Jesus and she pushed, she pressed in, and she thought, if only I touch his robe, I would be healed. So she did, she touched the hem of his robe and immediately she knew she was healed. Great, job done. Jesus didn't even intend to do this. He was going somewhere else and multitasking, right? This woman came, touched him, he was healed, job done. Not for Jesus. He stopped, turned around. Who touched me, he said. And then there was a kind of hush and everyone was going, oh. And when no one admitted to it, Jesus asked again, who touched me? And when this woman who was already petrified, knowing that she was in trouble, finally admitted it, it was me. Do you know what Jesus did? He affirmed her. He gave her his time. He stopped for her. I imagine he reached out and touched her. We live in a hurried world, don't we? Have you ever watched your food heating up in the microwave? It's like pure torture or it could be a real spiritual discipline. Different ways to look at it. Time is one of the best gifts we can give people. So let's stop and listen. What people need sometimes is simply a good listening to, quoting Andy Goodacre, who spoke on a panel here a few months ago. We care by listening. We care by reaching out and checking in on people. We care by truly wanting to know how they are and showing interest. Jesus sat at the well and spent time chatting with a Samaritan woman despite going against cultural norms of the day. So what can we do? How can we create space to sit and listen to others? It could be texting someone whom you know is having a hard time and just checking in on them. It could be meeting them at a cafe or a pub after work for a chat. It could be stepping out to talk to someone at work or at church who seems to be on their own and befriending them. The point is, we need to make the first move. Jesus often did. And we need to do this intentionally, intentionally. Put it in your diary if you need to. Thursday, 2 p.m., emotionally caring time, 2 to 3 p.m., let's say, okay? And then you just sit at 2 p.m. Holy Spirit, tell me, who would you like me to care for? 
If you have no ideas, just go to your social media and look down. You will very quickly see who you need to start caring for. Okay, and reach out to them. You probably can think of a myriad of ways to provide care for others. But I also want to challenge you not to stop there. We must be careful to not stop loving people, praying for them, and caring for them. We must actually share Jesus with them. Otherwise, how will they know that the wonderful one is not me? It's Jesus. If you don't tell them, they'll just think you are wonderful. People need food, clothes, warmth, friendship, but they ultimately need Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He is the only way to eternal life. Jesus didn't stop at healing the paralyzed man brought by his four friends. In fact, Jesus started by forgiving his sins. Jesus started at his spiritual needs. Jesus didn't stop at a small talk with the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus went into the important stuff, the spiritual talk and her need for the Holy Spirit, the living water. Jesus always went re richer in his conversations. He too is calling us to enter into rich conversations with others. Remember the question I asked before, when someone truly cares for you and they say they have a gift for you, unpin. Let's think about that person now that they have a gift for you. Are you likely to receive it? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. About 16 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, I met a, a girl and my family, my parents and my family journeyed with her in a very um, involved way um, and we shared God's love with her. At the end of that journey, she told me that she wanted to follow Jesus. She said, all my life, Christians have been inviting me to church and telling me about God, but it wasn't until these last few months that I experienced God's love in tangible ways through your family, and now I want to follow Jesus. When people truly experience care from us, and when we offer them the greatest gift of Jesus, they are much more likely to receive him. If you need more equipping in order to share the gospel, there'll be a training called My Friends Training coming up, and I encourage you to sign up. And I actually personally think one of the best and easiest ways to share the gospel with anyone is by inviting them to Alpha. Um, and when you invite them to do Alpha, over the few weeks of Alpha, you may even want to come with them. It is giving them that time to be with them. At Alpha, you get free food, great videos, amazing chats, and you learn about God and faith and church and all these stuff. So what's, what's there not to like? But now I'm going to get real. Is it easy to care for people? No. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you energy. It's probably really going to stress you out. But what did it cost Jesus to reconcile us to his father? Everything.
it cost him everything. His life. So what will it cost to us to bring others to Jesus? So I want to challenge you today. We have a world desperate for hope, for love, for belonging, for wellness. And Jesus is the only one who can fulfill all of that. So feed the hungry, clothe the naked, befriend the lonely, comfort the grieving, encourage the weak. We need to help people who are not disciples to see that Jesus cares for them. Let your hands be Jesus' hands. Let your feet be Jesus' feet. Let your ears be Jesus' ears. The comforting thing is this. We don't do it alone. I don't do it alone. You don't do it alone. Jesus promised to be with us. We are to be Jesus-centered, others-focused, looking out for the needs of others. And we also do this together in community. Imagine if we all did this, caring and loving and sharing and praying in our school, our family, our workplaces, our gym, the supermarket, the parking lot. Christians will be known as people who care. And by this will everyone know that we are his disciples. So let's shine our light bright for Jesus, shall we? And draw people to him through our love. So let's go and make disciples, okay? But before we go, Jesus also said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So right now, shall we come and invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us and you so that we can be his witnesses wherever he places us. So Lord, we invite you, Holy Spirit, come, fill us and empower us. We want to be your witnesses wherever you place us, in our families, our schools, our workplaces, our online community, wherever you place us. <laughs>